Welcome to the show. You can watch and subscribe to the Project FIA TV show on YouTube. Drop comments and questions to us on the podcast via Twitter. Our handle is Project FIA. And now sit back, relax, and enjoy. This is Project FIA Goes PC. Almost there. We're almost in year 2021. And to celebrate, we'll give you uh, FIA Goes PC episode number 88. Two fat ladies if you're into bingo, at least in England. I think that's what they say. Around the world, it's different things. I think it's like two fat rednecks if you're in Texas. I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't make the rules. Two big birds on your windowsill if you're in Poland. I don't know. I'm just guessing. But here we are. Um, you can probably tell by the slight echo in my voice. It's a bit resonant here. We are actually in a new location. We've moved away from the uh, abandoned botanical gardens. I don't think I can speak. Botanical gardens. There you go. We'll keep that in. It's just funny for the edit. Um, Yeah, so we're now actually in a permanent residence. We've finally got one. Took a lot of wheeling dealing and I was going to say backyard shuffles, but I don't know what that means. Anyway, (laughs) here we are in the treehouse with no leaves. This is our permanent fixture. We're not going to move again. I know a lot of you like our adventures on the road. We'll probably have them. But we will always come back here. Yeah, this is where we're going to be from. So, uh, yeah, the reason for the resonance is there's no curtains. Uh, the farmer that we bought this uh, this treehouse with no leaves uh, took away everything. Uh, he left the wood. Luckily, we've still got a structure. But most of the other stuff he took. So, uh, yeah, we've got a bit of resonance. We've got to wait, obviously. We've just gone through the Christmas period, the festive period, the holiday period, whatever period you want to call it. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a little bit uh, echoey for a while. But that's fine for me because it it sort of reverberates my voice back to me. It's nice. It's like having a headset on with a slight lag. That's what I like to say. All the cool kids know what I'm talking about. And uh, if you are one of those cool kids, you should get into the warm. It is quite cold outside here in the UK. Looking at me through a branch on my right, because we are in a tree, is our producer, who's, uh, well, I can only explain this. She's bungeeing very slightly on a hammock, trying to punch a squirrel in the face. What is up with you and animal cruelty? It's our producer, Winifred Salo. Hello. What's up with that? Well, the squirrel was in my face, and this is my place now, you know? Right, so, I see. You're like, making your territory known. Yeah, exactly. You are, I mean, you are a similar size to a squirrel. I can see I why they get aggressive. If I were outside, then the squirrel could beat me up. Then that's legitimate, because it's, you know, their space. Well, technically, you space. would be outside on a branch, in a <laughs> hammock, bungee jumping. I'm just saying. Yeah, but this is our tree. I suppose. You, you do have to tell the squirrels who's boss. Exactly. And like I said, you are almost squirrel size. No. So they all flock around you thinking that you're one of them. Intriguingly. But they are very cute. Wow. Unless they get in your space. Unless they get in my space. Yeah. So here we are, 88. We're climbing up these ranks faster than most people. Lucky number. It is a very lucky number. It's uh, double infinity. Double infinity. Yeah. And it's Steven Gerrard twice. Mm Mm-hmm. Or it's Steven Gerrard standing next to Nabi Keita. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We thought the eight would be retired, but it wasn't. Mm. It's a very fascinating Liverpool history. Yeah. Tidbit for those. Of, of the football club. So I wanted to start, because we are literally recording on time. It is Boxing Day. 
a lot of matches, a couple of UFC fights. Mm-hmm. Definitely worldwide. There's a few boxing matches going on right now because it's boxing day, obviously. Yeah. Especially oh, in obviously. Thailand, <laughs> obviously. A lot of people are putting things back into boxes because they want to take it back. Because uh-huh. they're like, I don't want these slippers at you. Reboxing day. Yeah, it should be, shouldn't it? It's or, like it's like the opposite of the unboxing videos on YouTube. Yeah. Well, it's, it's so, yeah, exactly. In, yeah. Well, Christmas them. Christmas Day is literally the mass unboxing. Get a refund. <laughs> if you think about it, for most people, they're just unboxing mm, stuff mm. all day and filming it, which is why it takes a lot longer these days than it used to. Mm. But yeah, so we're at time of recording. It is Boxing Day, mm-hmm. and because we haven't got the New Year's news to give you. Uh, that will happen in the next couple of weeks, obviously. What we've got to do is an end-of-year review, which is what I've been promising. A lot of kids are very excited all around the world for my (laughs) end-of-year review. It's not going to be long, folks. (laughs) There's not a lot to say. But, um, well, basically, I kind of thought about this because everyone and his friend is doing an end-of-year review now. Mm -hmm. You go on uh, YouTube. Yeah. you got Nigel Farage telling you about Brexit. Right. In his end of year review. <laughs> you got the Queen okay. twice. You got the Channel 4 alternative Queen. Oh, the deep fake Queen. Yeah, who does like the a AI little queen. a little bit of a, I don't know, dance, TikTok dance. I haven't seen that. It's interesting. Is it? Uh, and then you got the real Queen speech. Yes, I did see that one. Which was very good. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. She was very inclusive this year and I thought it was very well done. Uh, heightened by my sense of watching The Crown. Yes. I feel like I know her more, yeah. even though she's played by actresses <laughs> uh-huh. who uh, depict periods of her life. But no, it was a very good speech. Mm. Uh, I think she's quite an incredible person. It I shows really do. that she's you know, very aware of you know, what's going on in the it world. It shows you that she's got a really good script writer. Uh... Um, I'm pretty sure she didn't write it herself. She probably did the first draft. And I doubt just, it. I know, think she, I think she gives uh, like veto rights. Mm. I think she's obviously... Asked, I think she'll probably brief the writer and mm-hmm. say, this is what I'm after. I'm after appealing to uh, more people than usual or whatever it is. But the thing that I really liked about what the Queen has gone through with this year is she's separated from her family. Mm. And, and a lot of people are just going to be like, well, that's because everyone's doing her edit. But I think <laughs> it's actually, right, that she's kind of like trying to appeal to us because a lot of us have split from our family. For yeah. me, it's been fantastic. <laughs> You wanted to yeah. split. <laughs> I've, I've been living with my family for far too long. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the yeah. family of uh, gypsies and everything that we've accumulated over the past year. <laughs> they're just driving me nuts. All the strong men and the bearded women and the snake charmers. Ah, oh, snake charmers. <laughs> Not very charming in real life. <laughs> they're okay with snakes. But, like, if you try and talk to really? them, they're, they're kind of scumbags. Anyway, so that's enough about my ridiculousness, but... I just kind of feel like it was very empathic for her to do that. She's always been quite an empathic queen, mm. never a- 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 apathetic. She doesn't show emotions, but she shouldn't, mm. I don't think. I think if you had get to Christmas and the queen's cr- like crying into a tissue, it would be really bad because <laughs> you'd mm. feel like it's the end of the world. <laughs> oh, man, we've got like minutes to live. Yeah, that's how you'd feel because the queen's broken character and shown emotion. No, I think it's it was really good. It was really powerful this year, I think. It probably is every year. Well, it's nice that she didn't make an exception for herself, you know, like it's yeah. everyone's in isolation, so there's no reason that they yeah. should be exempt. It did get a bit Church of England-y, but she is the head of state. And so. it is Christmas, which is a, you know, Christian holiday. Wow. Well, I mean, 
Partially. <laughs> it's a lot of people's holidays now. Everyone around the world. Uh, like Santa Claus Day. As it we was like nice for her to it. acknowledge other religions and other communities. I just think it was great. I think the whole speech was really good. Even the Christian stuff. I think she did a very good job linking certain things to the Bible to the current situation. Mm-hmm. Probably better than most sermons at church. She's very good. She'd be a very good um, vicar in a county. Mm. She really would. I'd go weekly just to see what she was saying. <laughs> um, but basically, yeah, like there was that. The Channel 4 one, um, I guess just kind of, um, it's it just felt a little bit obvious, mm-hmm. the comedy there. If I was going to direct something like that, I'd have made her a punk rock, you know, enthusiast. Right, so do something out of Proper character. Proper do something alternative. If you're going to do alternative, do go all the way. Right. You know, they did all right. Mm. But, you know, it makes me feel like Donald Trump should just uh, have an alternative Channel 4 version of himself. Because I think he's put out a Christmas message on Spitting Image. <laughs> so that would be good. Okay. Not him himself, but the Spitting Image okay. him. Right. Yeah, there's not going to be much more TV time left for him, is there, in the presidential sense? Mm-hmm. It's my review. This all goes part of it. So let's get to that. So the whole year mm-hmm. around the world, the whole world is united, possibly the most synchronized this world has ever been. Yes. In all the wrong ways. <laughs> none of us can see each other. None of us can travel. <laughs> Sometimes we can go, but we have to have a bunch of tests. We're all complaining about similar things. Everyone's complaining about exactly the same thing. <laughs> and every politician unilaterally around the world seems mm-hmm. to be making massive, drastic constitutional changes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's um, it's been a very bizarre and strange, odd year. And I think there's a lot of rational people, especially coming towards the end of it. We know that 2021 is going to bring us light in this situation. It's probably going to make the whole process better. But I think there's a lot of people who think coronavirus and covid is probably a chinese whisper at this point like someone said there's a really bad thing that we found and then they've escalated it like now it's like so bad Mm. that it's worse than any other thing that's been killing us for the last hundred years you know it's 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 such a weird circumstantial thing hopefully within the next couple of months, it's going to look like we're going to move out of this forever. We don't have to talk about it again. That's the end of year review. So we all know what we've done. We've all been through it. We've heard us talking about it for months on podcasts. Um, The end of year review on COVID-19 coronaviruses, uh, well, it brought us all technically further away and closer. Mm. And that literally is a good segue to Brexit. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Which has done exactly the same thing. Yeah, there's <laughs> you know? an interesting uh, thematic going on. Well, we've had four and a half years. Now, I know Europe has looked at this like, oh, it's typical English people being English people and the British. We don't really account, and you shouldn't, if you're European, put us all into the same pots. You should treat Brexit like you treat the World Cup. We're divided. Mm-hmm. Scotland's our biggest rival with Wales, you know, England and, and Northern Ireland. So... It's more healthy to think of it, Brexit that way because I honestly think the numbers of voters don't represent the United Kingdom. They represent England. Yeah. Really. Of which we have the biggest population in yeah. England. So it's automatically overthrowing the vote. And I like to dub Brexit as the four and a half year old person's revival World War II <laughs> in a very geriatric, bureaucratic way. Mm. And if you listen to Nigel Farage's year review, 
with Brexit or the end of Brexit. It's not really a review of the year. It's more, we finally did it. We finally won the war. All of his alliteration is war, battle, death, fight, violence. Mm. (laughs) And it's really just the massive bureaucratic, boring, hashing out meeting. And what's been really interesting is the press here for the last two and a half weeks have really been building up this no deal thing and really been making it feel like the grimmest time this country will ever have. And then before you know it, Boris is out there, his arms raised like he's the champion of everything. Uh, (laughs) Ding, ding, he's won a world championship of dividing the world. Well done. And you've suddenly got this kind of, oh, we did it. it. We've got got our sovereignty (laughs) sort of. Mm. By sovereignty, we've got our sovereignty where if European uh, Parliament makes a rule, we're just going to follow it, (laughs) which is literally what we've been living (laughs) for 30 plus years, you know, since the Maastricht Agreement. Now, I'm just going to say, like, all of Europe is listening right now. I'm going to focus on this. Half of America is asleep right now. I'll wake you up in a bit. We'll get to you in a minute. Be patient. I know you're impatient, but be patient. Consider us like... We waited a whole year. Yeah. Stuff. Like, well, basically, we've had four and a half years of nonsense, and you've mm-hmm. all been listening to it, thinking whatever around the world. But yeah. just to bring it home, it's kind of like. So, the actual end of all of this is the best for all parties. We don't know about borders yet. A lot of the stuff isn't going to be ironed out. We don't know if anything's going to change or if all of it's going to change. Mm-hmm. But it feels like most of the old people that voted are probably dead from coronavirus. Oh my God. I'm just saying. <gasps> okay. So it's almost in memorandum. So well mm. done. You got what you wanted. Sorry that you're dead. <laughs> but there you go. So I've wrapped that together. Yeah. A lot of us young people should just look at this as a very good example of what happens when you let people from private schools get power. Okay. Don't let them. <laughs> Let's all vote homeless people for the next prime minister. No. Be brilliant. Down in the street or just have all of its staff outside in front of it and getting shifted by the police every month. It'd be great, you know. Promise they won't even have to come out to greet promise they won't have to greet the press. Yeah. They'll just be the yeah, they're in there with a box with number ten on it. Be brilliant. Why not? That's why unboxing is so important. So they have boxes to live in. Yeah. Well I actually feel and I feel strongly about this, um, that One thing I don't want to happen, because we're now getting to this separatist mentality now, where we think it's a victory. It's a really good victory that be separate. Everyone has to sell it as a victory. Well, it's like America builds a wall, cuts off the south border, which is really stupid because you can just go around it in a raft, whatever. (laughs) Um, But basically, everyone has this kind of... Well, I think they're banking on the fact that Mexicans would perish if they went to Alaska and tried to get in through Canada. Mm. And I don't think there's any balls enough to kind of build a wall between the USA and Canada, because that would make very little sense. Mm. Uh, And plus, Canadians aren't in a rush to get to America, let's be honest. (laughs) They're more like, nah, we're we're all right. (laughs) (laughs) We've got trees and stuff, we're good. Our air's better than yours. Things like that, Mm. you know. Um, We've got bigger elk. We've got massive wolves. Yeah, in in Canada. Best hunting you're doing in Canada. Not that I would know. Okay. But I've been listening to a lot of people who hunt recently. So what I'm saying is the whole thing is getting to this. We've discussed it roughly in the past, but separatist mentality where we want to really rebuild sovereignty and separate and all this stuff. Brexit's different to that because I think there is a real reason 
for wanting to leave the European political side of stuff that a lot of people have, have undercut and not put any importance to. We're too used to the, the bonuses that we get. Yeah. Like, you can come around Europe. You don't even need a passport. Yeah. You can just flash your face at us and we'll think, okay, you're European, right? So we're used to that too much. What if you have a different face, but you're still European? Ask Caitlyn Jenner about that. I don't know. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is, like, the whole border control stuff is what I think a lot of people are focused on. But they haven't focused on the ludicrousy of the, the political structure in the European Parliament because it was absolutely a threat to democracy. There's no doubt. Because if you'd have had all these powers centralized in Brussels, we by state would have had no, no choices. general opinion on anything, including trains or public transport to you know, employment benefits, anything. It would have all been, and it was moving that way quite radically. It would have right. all been centralized. Now, in some ways, that's great. It would have been the United States of Europe, yeah. basically. Yeah. And there is a lot of arguments why that's great, but a lot of people are very nihilistic with their view. Mm -hmm. they, they see the perks and the bonuses, and they miss the actual political issues. So essentially in this deal, if anything is true, and it's a 2,000-page document, which yeah. basically is like the Bible, <laughs> um, I can't even see. It's like Tolkien's best works. Who's going to read that? No one is going to read that. The Only, journalists should if they're going to comment. I don't think there's any journalist with any attention long enough to handle that these mm. days. Basically, it's 2,000 pages for a reason, and it's going to be stupid talk yeah, going jargon, around in circles. Lingo. Basically, everything you've got in terms and conditions on Google or anything you've ever done. <laughs> All that, the stuff you don't read. That time's 2,000. No one's going to read that. No one All reads a page print. of it online page no one reads that i so, sometimes do yeah but that's you'd be the person that i represent <laughs> to read the 2000 pages of the brexit one. but we don't know what it's all about mm. yet mm. but it, details, it, it, it's yeah. seeming positive and i think that having sovereignty back in the uk is important because we need to rebuild our own financial state especially after all this stuff yeah I, I think it's also going to be a, a really good wake-up call for countries in the EU, places like Greece and Spain and Italy, who I don't really feel have benefited from it too much. Mm. I mean, again, it's always surface levels. If you go to southern Spain, you go, oh, man, they've got a Starbucks here. That's progressive. And they've got a Domino's here. But it's not really. It's just a trade agreement with American corporations, right. which they can do outside the EU. Yeah. But everything seems to be a bit more lavish. So everyone focuses as this baseline of, well, there's more money injected. Mm -hmm. But what if that was just natural progressive anyway and Spain could have howled and boosted its own version of Starbucks that we could have had an alternative? I think they were fully capable of doing that and the EU has blocked it. Mm -hmm. So Italy's had this ransack of Americanization because of trade agreements with the, the Americans. Yeah, It's killed a lot of European you know, culture. Yeah. A lot of people have grown and switched into this kind of bohemian city culture where they've walked away from all of these amazing cultural things they already have. And I mean, the, the, in the UK, there's these famous chefs who are Italian, Two Fat Italians, a show's called mm -hmm. number 88. Number 88. <laughs> if you're in, if you're in Italia, bingo. Yeah. All. Um, but basically they made a point of showing you how bad in just the food culture that you know these right, vending like machines and, and fast food is right. completely destroying the italian you know lineage of, of food yeah. which is scary it is because it starts with food and then what is it next it's yeah. the fact that no one's christian and why everyone's <laughs> gone atheist 
you know, so you're missing cultural identities. Mm -hmm. I think that's a very good argument to how the Islamic world feels about us going in there and yeah westernization mm. and and it's it you know i think if you open your mind mm. the separatization is not good but when you get on the flip side the choice to be say separate but more inclusive meaning yes we control our borders but we're now more inclusive with your religion ideas your your philosophies we can discuss them more and we want the best mm. rather than the worst it discourages like Drug cartels, for example. Ideally, yes. Theoretically. <laughs> well, I think most Mexican drug cartels are far more dangerous than our border control. Mm. Just saying. Yeah. If they really wanted to take over England, we could all be like an extension of like the worst of Mexico, and that'd be fantastic. We'd have burritos uh... every day, but they don't know what they are. Uh... Anyway, I'm just saying we could be uh, Al Capo, the UK edition on Netflix one day. Who knows? But I think you got to look at the positives and all of this stuff. And I think that the European argument, especially in four and a half years, should give people pause to understand every side of it. And it's interesting to me that a lot of the diehard conservatives wanted a Brexit, but they were the ones that put us into Europe in the first place. Mm. You know, it's it's very contradictory, isn't it? Mm. It's almost like we tried it and then it didn't work. It's, it's kind of like a massive economics experiment because I remember before the EU was established because we were studying in school and there were all these articles and one of the biggest things uh, that I remember thinking was, oh, that's great because I don't have to buy you know all the different currencies when I travel. That was the only thing. For the that, euro, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was the sort of biggest thing as an outsider looking in. Oh, that's a perk. But then over the years, I think, as you said, how it's impacted places like Greece or Spain, as opposed to, you know, Germany or France, uh, you know, like I said, it's like a big economic experiment. Well, Has I it think, worked? I think, yes, I think the no? veil was always like, if we can consolidate Europe, we're like the good side was always like the Maastricht Treaty, which was signed. Mm. John Major was in power as after Margaret Thatcher got us into the European Union. Right. John Major signed a Maastricht Treaty as Prime Minister of this country. And a lot of people who are super liberal forget that. Mm. It was actually a conservative movement to put us into Europe because they thought a single market would be best for everyone. Right. And then um, by the time New Labour came about, the Euro came about. So that was when Tony Blair, I think, refused for us to be part of the Euro, but secretly wanted us to be. Mm. Basically, the construct was that it would stop a World War Three as far as the European front because was concerned. Because they would be more united. Well, it would be a singular parliamentary system. Yeah. And so every country, be it UK, France, Italy, Germany, would be a state. Essentially, that was a construct. At least that's what it was starting to feel like, mm. right? So we, we look at it all as peasants and our little wind-up <laughs> televisions that are gerbil powers in the yeah. corner. At least we do, because we're really poor and we live in a treehouse. But basically, what you'll find is a lot of the street view on this was basically like we're all the same countries with the mm. same parliaments and the same everything because we're still seeing the same system we always had, you know. But realistically, we were losing power every year as far as our parliament was just a, a circus show, really. And if anything that coronavirus has taught us is how jolly well our parliament can handle a crisis, which is they can't at no. all. <laughs> so I don't really understand 
you know what the difference is going to be in that way but yeah. it's it's more of a mental thing i think it is a massive benefit we couldn't build our military up without a european nod we couldn't control our farming we couldn't do anything we had to share into a sort of commonwealth pool and that was where the democracy was starting to fail every year you know when one of these guys defaults greece for example everyone's going to bail him out mm. so essentially it was a great idea to control and it could have been a fantastic idea it was very idealistic I yeah think, when but, it was but the thing about up. europe and a lot of people should know this is europe is is so proud of its individual cultures it wouldn't work as a usa mm. construct mm. i mean when america was founded as a direct comparison it wasn't like no one made any effort to understand the natives. They just killed them all or sent them to, you know, South America. Mm. It was like a big exile or genocide. That was the situation. So we didn't have this converging sure. tribal war between each other and stuff like this, which was there yeah. for hundreds of years. Yeah. But like Africa, for example. Mm -hmm. But if you if you think continental scale, yeah. it was quite easy to form the USA. You know, it it wasn't like a cinch. It wasn't like a two-year job. It was a massive, you know, war mm. that led into a civil war yeah. that led into all of the British being thrown out. So, you know, constant racism ever since, joking. Um, but basically, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like they still haven't got it. Like, they mm. still haven't found this non-tribal warring yeah. thing. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, the USA was... It's kind of... It makes sense. It's all landlocked. It all makes sense as a construct of United States and stuff like this. What they don't have is countries that have got like 6,000 plus years of history. Yeah. And then you're asking them to be a state. And also different languages. Yeah, different languages. different, Totally different and, cultures. Yeah, different, it's very different. Imperial powers at different times. <laughs> you know, it, it, it doesn't make sense to ask that. It's a big ask. Mm -hmm. And I, th I think most countries in Europe will find through Brexit especially, this is possibly the right move for mm. everyone to kind of create what it should have always been, and that is a single trade environment, but respect and value the sovereignty of cultures in between. Mm. Because bad things are happening. Like if you look at Spain's division, Spain was, a, uh, it was never united. Again, that was separate states, separate countries. Yeah. And then it was united under yeah. a monarchy. You know, you could argue the UK is that Scotland, Wales, ourselves, and, and Northern Ireland. Yeah. But it's a big difference because the Spanish monarchy is controversial, whereas our monarchy, um, I don't feel it is controversial. Everyone's related to some element of someone else. It's Germanic, sure, we've had that in our um, monarchy. But you've got Scottish blood there, the Queen's mother, and, you know, everything was. It makes sense. It's very British. There's a lot of bad history there too. Mm -hmm. um, but I feel like we should all not look at separatization and sovereignty. We should look at sovereignty leading to us not being separate. Mm -hmm. If uh, Scotland wants independence, I think they'd be better served taking over Westminster. Mm -hmm. I think it would be best for the SNP, for example, to rule this nation just to give a reality check to all of these idiots from Eton who've been running our country for so long. It's an interesting alternative. Well, Nicholas Sturgeon is a real person, right? Boris Johnson, as you know, is a construct. He's <laughs> a construct. Yeah. He's what happens when wombats and whippets get together. It's a very strange thing. It bothers me how he never brushes his hair. Well, it bothers me that he probably doesn't know what Tesco's is. 
It bothers me that he has never yeah. cooked a meal in his life, and it bothers mm. me that he thinks he's solely relatable to everyone in the UK when Which he's relatable he to like 15 people yeah. who are all in his cabinet. Boys club. And not just the political cabinet, but his actual cabinet. <laughs> now, Nicola Sturgeon to me is a real person. Yeah. She's lived the real life, mm-hmm. you know, civil servant. A lot of people don't like her, don't yeah. know why, uh, from the English perspective, because they're worried that she's going to separate Scotland. But we need people representing the United Kingdom. We, for example, just to have someone that's consistently raised in an, a British institutionalized school that's got royal links, let's mm. be honest. Yeah. It's so separatist from who we are. Mm. And to have Nicola Sturgeon in power, Westminster is a better victory for Scotland than declaring independence, mm. I think. Because that would be a better olive branch from us. Mm. If we're all sitting here saying, oh, we belong together, Great Britain, hug each other and drink from our Union Jack mugs, then let Scotland run the country. It's better than Gordon Brown doing it from Labour. <sighs> you know, no one voted him and he's, no one liked him. So, no, no one you know. liked him. But the construct is like, yeah, a lot of people look at the Conservatives now and they say, oh, they're racist and they're out of touch and all this stuff. They're not. They're just not what you expect. It's almost like how the Conservative Party take full credit for the NHS victories mm. when it was Labour that introduced the NHS into this country. Mm. It's a bit like America. It's like the Democrats being Joe Biden suggesting a really, really clever idea for a single public health service, which America desperately needs. Mm-hmm. And then the rich people are like, I'm not lifting my taxes. But you don't understand. You don't have to pay the premiums on private health care. Yeah. That's an option then. Mm-hmm. And no one's explaining anything to anyone. This is what I mean. Like, you can have sovereignty all you want. You can be patriotic as much as you want. You can make America as great as you want to make it. Or any country. Make uh, Botswana great again. You can do that. (laughs) But understand it. Understand what you're trying to do. So I think, if anything, this one year that seemed like 24, Mm -hmm. let's be honest, around the world. We're so old now. Sure. If it's it's taught us anything, it's, it's this. Don't believe all you read. Some of it's Chinese whispers. The media is an absolute nightmare. Basically, you can pay for the media now. That's the problem. Yeah. You know, um, I love Russia today, their broadcast network, mm. just because it's different. It, it's <laughs> somewhat more humbling, you know, um, apart from the fact that they've got the former SNP leader. I think his name's Alistair Hammond. He, he um, or Alex, Alex Hammond. I can't remember. It's Alistair Alex. Sorry, Scotland. Gone, but he's got a now chat show on it. Does he? Yeah. Okay. Which is almost like the equivalent of in politics, um, Primark running a, a, a chat show next to say Nike. Do okay. you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The quality is different. Yeah, yeah. But Russia today has been pretty good because I feel like they've given fair stories. There's still a wee bit of a swing bias in certain areas, but what we're what we're lacking. And this is really important for the people of the UK to understand, and I think it might be similar around the world, but if you've got news broadcasters, you public news broadcasters that most of us watch, BBC to Sky News, and you flick between the two of them, they're saying exactly the same stuff at the exact same time. Yeah. That's That's terrifying. That's been an uncanny kind of observation this whole year. The only twice it's happened is 9-11 and now, the whole of this. It's very manufactured is what I'm saying. Right. And where there's truth to whatever, there shouldn't be fear. 
your job isn't to make the public of your countries terrified of everything. That's that's not that's not good, especially when you're relying on them to be your workforce mm-hmm. to get you through, you know, single sovereignty and <laughs> blah blah blah. Um, I'm just saying, man. Like, there's better ways you can do it. So, I think what we can reflect on is a lot of people are more engaged. It's more of a conversation yeah. than it's ever been. Politics in general. If you're in the USA, you've been talking about Trump far too long. <laughs> I mean, Trump's been going on as long as Brexit. Let's be honest. <laughs> More or less, you know. Um, I feel sorry for Joe Biden. Oh. Joe Biden's the old man you pit last in sports at the no. moment. It feels like that. He's For a guy to win a democratic election, mm. to have so little press power, press attention, mm. and it's still so adamantly against, you know, against him essentially in the Trump administration. Yeah. And I think Trump's just vetoed the defense bill that he proposed. So it's something like a cut of $760 billion, and he's just vetoed it. Right. Which means he's probably, in spite, left America extremely weak. Exposed. Yeah. Mm. Which, you know, it's I just... Don't know. I to, to me, it's, it's really bad. It's like when you've got idiots playing big boy games. Do you know mm. what I mean? Yeah. And I just feel for every American out there, including the ones that have been completely indoctrinated by all of Trump's rhetoric... Mm-hmm. His view on the world is so shallow and incorrect that it's just basically made your own bias incorrect, more incorrect. It's making you look like a fool to the international stage, but realistically, we should see as victims. Yeah. It's it's time for people to be educated and understand this planet. When people are so anti-China or anti-Russia, the only construct is they're freaking out about them totally taking over in a very organic way. Mm-hmm. It's like us with, it's like the whole of Europe with Scandinavia. We've always been a bit w- weird about Scandinavia. Not the Vikings and stuff. No, like just the fact that Sweden and Denmark and everyone's voted the most healthy place, the best place to live, it's got oh. the best economy. You know, it's all the good stuff, right? I right. didn't mean to sound like Arnie then. Got the best economy. It's very good, strong. You know, like it's basically like, it's always been seen as a rebel state of, Everything's amazing there, right? Norway, you know, all of the Scandinavian countries, Finland even, they're all great. They're all settled. They're all doing stuff correctly, it seems. There's not a big drama anywhere, you know? Great TV shows coming out of there. Mm -hmm. There's a consciousness. We've got IKEA culture is what it is. IKEA culture. Well, they set the trend of flat packing everything. Yep. And now the whole world is flat packing absolutely everything. You'll yep. get TV soon where you're going to have to have a degree in electronics just to figure out how to <laughs> fix it up. Yeah, I've got my Sony screen, but I've got all the components here and I've got to weld it myself. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't think you've got to weld a TV. Jeez, that would be industrial. I think you mean solder. Yeah, that. got to do that. Yeah. So uh, I went to the army to be a soldier. No, a soldier. It's people, see what I'm saying? Soldier. It's easy to get confused. But I'm confused. What we're, what we're trying to do here is like, I feel like just say the importance. Um, most British people I know, be it representing fully Scotland, Wales, England, Northern Ireland, are very consciously globalist people. Mm-hmm. They're very much about you know, we've got our culture, we like to share your culture and understand and explore and everyone's open-minded to it. Yeah. So it doesn't represent the worldview where you're just focusing on all of these old relics that are like, no, burn them all, you know, they're foreign. 
that's not how people think anymore. No. And the news has been so focused this year on people anti-everything. It's always anti, isn't it? Yeah. Like, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement is a very good example. It starts off as a very pure, long-awaited movement that needs to happen. It's been around for a few years, it has. Um, but it really pulled focus, as we all know, under this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I just feel like things like that, are no, we shouldn't be having these conversations for this long and it shouldn't be leading to riots. The movement's correct. Ethnicity, any foreign, any human being that's different to yourself matters. Otherwise, that's like you've got some kind of institutional, constitutional law of like, oh, he's foreign, I could murder him. Mm. No one's going to care about that. You know, and ironically, that's almost the reason that Hong Kong went into full meltdown under the democratic protest because someone did murder someone who was foreign and they could get away with it yeah it's all like these things are tying together you know it's always the small stuff that builds this massive thing and then politics and the media turns it into this chinese whispers no offense to china i'm just saying the old term the construct of you whisper someone into the air there's ten thousand people and by the time it gets to the end it's completely been changed that's what we're living in this whole year has been one big storm of misinformation and correct mm-hmm. understanding and a very swung biased media yeah. the whole year has yeah. and we've got to stop that from happening i feel in the future you well know? i'd like to think that the good that can come from that is that more people are aware of you know this kind of misinformation i, I was listening to uh, bill burr's podcast and someone was writing in and saying it was uh, very revealing moving from one state to another state you know within a week suddenly your whole news feed or what you're being fed well, is entirely it's, it's, changed. It's the same as this, right? The rhetoric lies in this. Everything in the news would say that if you move outside of your even house, if you mm-hmm. walk down the street, you could get attacked by a bear. It's that kind of thought. Mm-hmm. The bear just happens to be coronavirus. Yeah. You know, it's all this huge hype about how dangerous all of this is. So then you see scenes of like mass shoppers in London. You, you and I took a trip back to Birmingham for the first time in a long time, and it was masses of people yeah. shopping. Cues for Zara. That's how sad that is. Uh, just like this the clothes shop, right? Yeah. And there's just cues going miles. Down. It's like the Beatles were yeah. playing. Now, what you've got to understand is that changes the rhetoric of what the press would have us believe. Now, we're all terrified. That we're all at home shaking. That we don't want to do anything. If someone sneezes, literally the whole room turns in unison. Panics. <laughs> It's not what we're living. And the worst part of this is throughout this whole pandemic, there's been people getting on flights, going on holiday, traveling, yeah. going to work holidays. We've been told that you can't do that. Yeah. And then bit by bit, all of these little truths kind of leak out. Like America still had people coming in from Europe. Like, why? Yeah. Look at the look at the numbers. Yeah, I remember like reading, oh, we've grounded all flights. Yeah. There are no flights. And yeah. then we're like... And then, and then they're saying, oh, you can come to us as long as you take a test. Yeah, you know, and I'm, I'm always wondering what kind of test they want you to take. <laughs> like, it, is it like I'm thinking of a number? What is it? Oh, I don't know. Four? No, you've got coronavirus. You're not allowed. Do you see what I'm saying? It's yeah. getting that stupid. Now, I think my point here isn't to tell you that there isn't a global pandemic, and 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 you should say, you know, forget the rules, forget the laws. No, that you shouldn't do that. For one reason, and it's been consistent this whole year, and I'll just say it in the end of all of this, and I'll still say it until it's fully over, is to respect everyone around you. Because if you start being an idiot, you're going to ostracize yourself from society. Right now, 
whatever truth or non-truth there is in all of this, whatever conspiracy is there or non-conspiracy is there, if it's completely just a matter of every politician around the world bumbling this up, mm-hmm. which would be very human, mm-hmm. you know, of them, because no one can prepare for anything like this, or if it's one big simulation and it's like a unilateral way to push laws and change things, whatever it is, whatever it is, it's not 5G, but whatever it is, <laughs> Whatever this is, I think it's important to say you've got to respect everyone around you, you know, because there are people who truly believe everything they're hearing is real. Mm-hmm. And if you suddenly, you know, start joking about it. And they're suffering emotionally and yeah, mentally Yeah, there's, well. there's a lot of people suffering emotionally. Yeah. And it's been such an intense. It's like, to me, you know, uh, it's not a conspiracy theory. To me, this is all psyop stuff. Because it's having a psychological effect on us. Mm-hmm. So it is it is coordinated to to create some sort of control that because there has to be. And just to put that in, in terms of people can understand, if there is a legitimate pandemic, you have to do a bit of that. Mm-hmm. Otherwise everyone's gonna go mad and you'll have looting, smashing everything, toilet rolls won't be the beginning or the end <laughs> of it. It'll just be mass walking dead kind of scenes. But I think that what you gotta look at is this is um, urban post-war trauma. This is urban, you know, all of these entitled people and people who've never had any real pressures in life are suddenly thrown into the worst kind of pressures, losing jobs, uh, no, no futures. You know, it's, it's very bleak. And that's the way the press has gone into this. And I've, I think I've said for months, and again, I can say this one last time because the end of year of you, I think every human being on earth right now Anyone who's sensible, who's got a, a, a grip, who who's sailed through all of this as best they can, even if they've lost their job, they've found another way of dealing with life. Strong people have always got to look back at this and question how much the media's got away with. Mm. Because I think international journalism has been, in effect, criminally behaving for too long. You know, we've got to take control. And and when people in Hong Kong, for example, just focus on that for a second, when people wrap behind these ideas of a free press, a free press should be an unbiased press. Mm -hmm. A free press should be talking about both sides of every argument to allow the reader to create their mentality. A free press should not be... A free press should not be controlled by because you believe they're free press because they agree with you. And that's the problem right now, globally. The voice that we're listening to is not the intelligent voice. The voice we're listening to is the biased voice. And I think going through this whole year, I've talked about this since I was in high school. I, I was taught about how tabloids wrote as part of my um, English language, mm. which I don't know if many students really have to pay attention to any of that now because this curriculum's almost like, well, we'll just give you all A's. While this pandemic happens, you can be thicker than a plank, you get an A, whatever. Um, There's no jobs for you to go to, why not? All have A's. But Mm. I think, you know, I was always taught a lesson on how manipulative the press is, from press release to what they print on page. And that was when it was broadsheets. It's not now, it's now news, mostly. But it works in the same function and way. Yeah, the, the kids these days do have to analyze how language is used and how it might affect. Well, I think the scariest thing, especially for your young listener around the world right now, listening to us, uh, we're still young enough, but <laughs> we are enough. We're, we're relatable, but we live in a time that we can remember things going through the analog way to, the, to, to now. And I 
do think we lived in a time when we had free press mm. still. Yeah. And, and unbiased. There was always bias. There was always a swing like this guy's, the, these guys lean politically left yeah. or these guys. There was always that. But, but there the was. the journalists actually went to the places and did their own independent report Correct. for their Correct. But paper. Y- even if you, just going back to old news broadcasts from like the 80s to now. Yeah. Just see how different they look. Yeah. They're less flamboyant. There's no studio. No one's got hair and makeup. Everyone doesn't look like they're Hollywood, you know, hopeful. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a very different thing. In fact... It's less entertaining. Well... <laughs> the news used to be boring as a kid. Not always. Not always. Not always. There was um, a few... Well, I can't compare with Hong Kong. Um, Hong Kong's a, a lot smaller to broadcast news from locally. But if you've got a nation slightly bigger like us here um we had some pretty big coverage of stuff like diana's death and Mm -hmm. we had um that was huge princess diana's death was a huge story um we had the coal mining stroke we had the falklands war we 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 had some big the ira issues um Mm -hmm. the terrorism attacks around the uk we've had some big coverage it was more direct it was more honest it wasn't so bizarre it was, and you definitely didn't have court cases that went on for five hundred years yeah. to just see if this guy's guilty or not. I mean, the fact that we've got international people are talking about the term "crisis actors," which is a well-known USA psyops back in the sixties, seventies, when they planned to skew the press. I and mean, it's all been declassified. We all know this, but the fact that we can put that on any news network now, and we can even question what we're seeing now, are they with the a same effect? Actor? Yeah. It's just telling you that news is, is, is different. We can debate 9-11, for example. We can debate the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Before, you couldn't debate it because it was happening. Yeah. You, there was, you, the IRA was happening. We had bomb attacks in Birmingham loads of times. Yeah. Warrington, Manchester, real ones. And these, you know, there was a camera crew probably doing a weather report and they, they get a snippet of this entire building blowing up. And so you can't deny it happened. Yeah. It, it literally happened. And now it's like, we just don't know. There's no case evidence. You'll see the last Manchester bomb in the arena. Mm. There was literally no evidence. The fact, I remember following that a bit, like uh, the USA collected all the evidence and stuff like this and released it in the USA before England had it. Yeah. Stuff like that is illogical. It was weird that they didn't have any like um, internal security footage. Nope, didn't have anything like that. Yeah. And, and and even if they did, they held it back from the public or yeah, for whatever right. reason, mm-hmm. but they didn't do that. Manchester was all f- literally in your face. Look at 9-11. Mm-hmm. 9-11 was real time. Yeah. And if they're going to say, well, we're worried, we're worried about, you know, upsetting people's families. Mm-hmm. I mean, dude, like <laughs> how many people died in the plane crashes in that? It's, it's, it's so bizarre what's going on. And I, I think that young people today who don't know what I'm talking about, who don't know how to relate to life before the internet, life before a mobile phone, unless mm-hmm. you were in the 80s and you had this brick that's a crank <laughs> they were up on so a... expensive, yeah, though. You so had to link it to them. an aerial uh, the size of your house and, yeah. you know, CB radios. No one knows what that is, closed broadcast radios, where you, you have truckers in America still using them. Mm-hmm. The police use that uh, kind of system. We, didn't, we don't know what that is now. So... One thing people who are listening is they, they've been raised by their families, their generations, grandparents, great-grandparents some, in some cases, mom, dad, who all say the news is fact, authority is your educator, right. your teacher's right all the time, your yep. politicians are some kind of superhero, brainy genius that we've all got to follow and be 
yes sir no sir and have all respect whatever it may be even if they disagree with them kids are raised to believe in blanket lies Mm. and frankly speaking i think we have this generation of the biggest analysts the most intelligent generation is current Mm. they really are and their critical thinking is going to be well, that's, sure. that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. If you are watching all of this and you just respect an authority on this blanket honor system, because you're all being, you, you, I think all the generation in peace times are beautiful people. Mm-hmm. They're very honorific. They're very respectful in, in the majority. There are still some punks out there. <laughs> There's always some punks. There's some jackass out there still. <laughs> but in most cases, even if you look at an American, a diehard guy is going to an electoral booth with their, you know, um, AK-47s or whatever, mm. they're still intelligent people. Mm. So when we just deny them as like, oh, you're just a Trump affiliate, you're an insane person, if you actually listen to journalists who do their job properly and interview these kids, they're actually smart people. Mm-hmm. The problem is, like I've just said, they believe that their authority is God. Yeah. They believe that their educators are the brightest person in the room. Yeah. And it's simply not true, folks. Mm-hmm. Trust in your own intelligence. Trust in your own instincts. If things don't seem right to you, they probably aren't right. Mm. But we aren't here to chastise the governments around the world. We're not here to tell you all to get up and revolt. I don't think there's a revolution needed. I think what we all have to do is in harmony work together to get through this time and whatever politicians have done whatever and whatever truth to the virus is and however dangerous it is, I think we get through all of this time, we keep the retrospect. And if things continue down this path of control and dictation in what is essentially a free life for every individual, despite, you know, if you're in a communist country or a dictatorship, you're still free mm-hmm. in a certain level, you know, to eat, to enjoy. Yeah, to, the you, freedom you, to live. Your freedom mm-hmm. at any base level is just enjoy it. Yeah. This thing is your journey. It's no one else's. And whatever harshness you live in and whatever world you're living in, enjoy it. It's your, it's your breaks, man. And if you have your dreams as like, oh. You know, one day be the next Will Smith. <laughs> then be the next Will Smith. No one's <laughs> going to stop you. Everyone's had it tough. Even the most privileged have a tough life. There's there's no such thing as someone's got it better than you because it just doesn't exist. You know, in every third world crisis, there's a first world problem that they don't know what to deal with. Like, for example, the pressures of owning a yacht and a Ferrari and a mansion. <laughs> it's pretty intense. Ask mm. Boris Johnson. I'm joking. But the point is, like, to wrap this up, we've all got to do our best to come out of this being uh, human. And the biggest thing I've said since day one at the start, and I'm just going to close this down, is we've got to look after this planet. We've got to look after everyone on this planet. Each of us have. The idea that a politician and our news can dictate to us how we live and what we do and all of this, it's got to end. And I think the only way that you you get through it isn't to be a revolt to an authority. It's to be a shining example of how that authority has been cataclysmically incorrect. Because we own our lives, our neighbors and our colleagues and our workers and our families, we own our lives. So... If a community leans together, it can change the world. Mm-hmm. It has done many, many times. 
Compassion is so important. And a politician, no matter who they are, works for you. Mm -hmm. That's what a civil servant does. Yep. So even if they're head honcho, even if they want to change the name to big old got it number 15, they're still human and they're still elected by your vote. And if it is a communist state like China, for example, they still have peers. The premier of China can get fired. Yeah. People don't understand that. Yeah. And as for Vladimir Putin, I think he's all right. <laughs> do you? I do. Yeah. I saw him doing a um, plea to have the World Expo clip in English. Mm-hmm. It's one of the... I don't think I've ever seen the guy speak in English in my life. And mm-hmm. he does the whole thing in English. And he actually seems like um, he's a very intellectual guy. He's, he's a likable guy. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't know a lot about how deadly certain teas are, I'm guessing. Okay. Because he invites people <laughs> out for tea quite a lot. And they oh drink and get poisoned. Mm-hmm. You know, so maybe he needs a better botanical garden to, you know, we shouldn't have sold him that stuff. But... Um, <laughs> I'm just saying, people aren't what you think they are. And I'm going to say this, folks, coming out of this, especially young kids out there who are going to be discouraged, probably terrified to get on a plane. Traveling, once all of this is over, is your best bet to learn what the world is and what it's all about. And I'm not talking go off with your mates and head to Disney World, right? That's one thing you can do. (laughs) Or go and visit your family that's from like Moldova or something like this because you're part Moldova and you've got grandmas over there. That's another thing you can do. But I'm saying go somewhere and learn about where you're in from a perspective that's completely raw. Like you don't know anyone. Yeah. Unless it's a war zone. Don't go there. War zone is hard, hard to travel to. Don't recommend it. That would be a really crap holiday if you hated someone. You know, you get these packages like go-karting or hot air ballooning. Be like, I've got your trip to Syria to act as a freedom fighter. <laughs> Off you go. You got three weeks. See if you can handle it. That's basically um, a Jack Black movie waiting to happen. But or I'm just bringing this back. If you do get a chance to, when you get a chance to, don't be a mad flurry of a rush, even if it's your own country. There's cities you probably haven't seen, places you haven't been to. The thing about Spain, I was going to say I'm a very proud pseudo-Spanish person. I've spent a lot of my life going there, right? Years and years and years. And I think of Barcelona to Madrid to Berica to the Basque to Andalusia and just seeing the separatism that's happening. I think it's because no one's traveling, exploring each other's places. Mm. If a Catalonian guy went to Andalusia, they'd have a great time. Mm. If a Catalonian went to the Basque, great time. If an American guy went to the Basque, great time. It's just because everyone's dividing and separating and saying we're the best part of this. Mm. That's the problem. you got to explore. Everyone who's English go to Scotland. You know, it's that simple. Mm. You know, and then we can let... I just, I really believe Scotland should have a voice as the leader of this country. If the SNP literally took this country you'd completely shun the idea of independence. And I think Scotland deserves it. And not far behind Scotland, I think Wales deserves a leader here. And and to... It's about representation, isn't it's it? About, it's not just that. It's about the fact that they've been ostracised for being so far away that they're outside, out of mind. The North is like yeah. that, York yeah. and Newcastle. And I feel like... We need to really be inclusive. We can't represent a brand worldwide that's very passive and free-thinking and jolly old Britain when we ostracize our own people. And they are our own people. 
I'm every bit as Scottish as the next Scottish person. <laughs> you know, um, if you get me drunk enough, you can't understand me, for example. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Um, but, you know, I just think that Scotland deserves it. And I, I put them first over Wales for one reason, one reason only, because the Welsh um, have far less of population, mm -hmm. number one. But I think they'd be vindicated by Scotland taking power. Mm. It's basically the uh, Scottish Lives Matter movement. That's <laughs> what I'm trying to start. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's it for the year review. I know it's been pretty edgy. We are. We should be done with politics for a while. We will review Biden's uh, steps, and we've got the new year coming. Let's hope for a more inclusive 2021. Then. Yeah, but I will say this at the end of it because you're not going to hear us at New Year. So for now, be safe, everyone, with your new celebration. Yeah. And Happy New Year. Happy New Year. And just so you all know it, and this is a closing thought, the original and official New Year is the Zodiac New Year of China. Chinese New Year. Lunar New Year. That's coming soon. Lunar New Year. And just so I'm going to stop these, you know, uh, conservative folks in tweed jackets at the back of, of, of Prime Minister's questions, I'm just going to say this to all of you. The Chinese did it first, so they didn't assimilate our tradition, and theirs is more accurate. So, <laughs> so take that with your crumpets and your tea. And it's your a Gregorian bed with your, calendar. Yeah, <laughs> representing the Chinese here, folks. Um, nah, anyway, in all seriousness, have a great new year. Be safe, guys. Don't go mad just yet. Madness is coming. We'll have street parties. You'll hear them. Hey. Liverpool deserves one for winning the trophy. Yay. The league. Which seems like 10 years ago. <laughs> and we might do it again. We might be a double whammy. All right. Who knows? But oh, Jurgen Klopp's Christmas message as a, as a Liverpool supporter is one of the best things. He did a kind of a year review. Mm. But telling you how important Christmas was. Yeah. It was very good, very warming. Cool. That's why we love him. So, anyone around the world who's listening right now, be safe, enjoy New Year's, enjoy each other. I tell you what, stay warm. It's pretty cold out there. And if Tompo, you want to phone me, don't make it one o'clock from Iceland. He's in Iceland. No. Not the shop. <laughs> He's not buying kippers. No. The country. He's in the country. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Bjorkland. Yeah, right. As we like to call it, Land of Fire and Ice. George R.R. Mm. Martin. Mm -hmm. Nod. That's why it was filmed there. Bits of games there, right? Was it? Yeah, the coal bits. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're very coal bits. So anyway, I'll leave you with that. We'll see you next time. It'll be two weeks. See you next year. We'll see you next year, yeah. And well, two weeks... In a new year, that's kind of weird. That's mm. a book or something. Two weeks in the new year. I think that could work. I hope it's been food for thought and hope we've done a good year review. Let's hope for a better one. A way better one. See you soon. <laughs>